Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. All right, guys. So good to uh, worship with you. If you have your Bibles, grab them. Turn to a familiar passage I think that we've heard um, spoken about a lot, uh, but I don't know how much we've actually uh, dug into it ourselves. It's Psalm chapter 23. Um, this is a famous passage of Scripture um, at funerals, uh, but I'm afraid that since we hear it at funerals so often that we don't actually know how it actually pertains to our lives. This is a passage that is not written for people who have died. This is a passage of Scripture that was written uh, as testimony to the goodness of God for people who are alive. This is God saying what he wants to do in our lives, the way he desires to work in our lives. And so grab Psalm 23. Um, we've been, the last few weeks, we've just been doing our very best to teach and come to you with, with simple messages, uh, short messages for the most part, that are just speaking to uh, basic truths in Christianity that we need to know. And this morning, um, I'm going to talk from Psalm 23. The first four uh, verses of this uh, chapter, and um, and I want to talk about the just knowing God as our shepherd. Okay, Kelly Latta is going to be speaking next week on the last two verses of this chapter, and then May thirty first, I'm going to be speaking a vision message, which is I'm excited for that. There's so many great things going on, uh, so many things that you all have to know about. Um, we're going to be doing that. But for today, let's dig into this. I don't have uh, great crazy stories of my childhood or my brother or my mom or anything like that or even my kids, uh, but I do have a really great passage that is um, that I think will really light us up. So this is Psalm twenty three. Uh, verses one through four. Let me read this to us. It says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Now, I'm stopping there. Kelly's going to pick that up next week, but there's a lot here for us to dive into. Right, Ed? Right. I've got an amen section this week. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic, all right? So, um, so, guys, the first thing I want to do, though, is I want to look at the first two words in this, and it's the Lord. I don't know if your translation has Lord in all caps, but mine does. The English Standard Version here, the Lord. When English versions uh, capitalize um, the word Lord, um, that is a great indication that this is a name for God that is the highest name for God above all of the names. This is the name Yahweh. Okay, there's, if you want to do a great word study, study the name Yahweh. There was, there were some people in history that would not let themselves speak this name. Um, scribes throughout history, when they, were, when they are um, uh, penning the scriptures, when they came to this word, um, they would empty their, the ink out of their pen and replace it and clean their pen before they would write this name. People would leave the vowels out of this name. It's just Y-H-W-H. This is the holiest name for God. Um, this name is not speaking of one attribute of God, so it's not uh, a name for God that's saying that God is our healer necessarily. It, uh, it's not saying that God is our provider. This is not uh, a name for God that is saying this is the God who sees you. This is the name for God that is basically saying that God is superior over all things 
everyone put together. He is as good as it gets. He is the best in all of creation. You put everything good under him and you're starting to uh, just crack the surface of how good God is in this name. So this is God saying that he is the sovereign ruler of all. And in this case, this is King David um, saying the Lord or the sovereign ruler of all. And the interesting thing here to me is that the, though the word Yahweh is used here, what, what comes after this word is, is stunning and startling. It, it, David says, the Lord, the Holy One, the, the one who's no, nothing or no one is better than, the Lord is my shepherd. Now here's something radical. God, though he's the sovereign ruler of all, the way that he leads, you know what God's leadership looks like? It looks like shepherding. This, this, the Lord is my shepherd. Here's something to write down, that when God leads, God leads like a shepherd does. Uh, we have to think about this. We have to internalize this. I know there's lots of ways that God describes himself to us. Sometimes he tells us that he's, he's like a father, and I love that part. I've been speaking, I've been, I've been obsessed with that part, that God is like a father. Um, God is like a husband. If you read the book of Hosea, um, God is basically saying that, um, you know, that, that he, some of the ways that he leads is, is like a husband. Sometimes the way God leads is like a warrior, okay? But here, God, it is undeniable that one of the, the primary ways that God leads is he leads like a shepherd. It's all throughout scripture. Um, let's let's kind of dig into the scripture here for a moment. If you go to Genesis chapter uh, 48, verse 15, this is Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, the son of Isaac. Um, Jacob is nearing the end of his life and he is blessing his grandchildren, I, I believe Manasseh and Ephraim, and he's laying his hands on his grandsons and he's praying a blessing over them. But as he's praying a blessing over them, he's testifying to them. He's sharing his own personal testimony. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 48, verse 15. He says this to his grandsons in, in way of a blessing and a testimony, God, who has been my shepherd all of my life, so the way that Jacob knew God is that all of his life there was not a day that God did not shepherd him, okay? Um, if you go to the, the book of Micah, the prophet Micah, uh, Micah actually has a messianic, uh, messianic prophecy speaking of Jesus. Here's what Micah says. It says this, speaking of Jesus, speaking of the Messiah to come. This is before uh, the Messiah has come, okay? And right here when, when Micah is speaking. He says, speaking of Jesus, Micah says, he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell, dwell secure. That's speaking of us. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. So the peace that you have when Jesus is your shepherd is actually the peace that comes from Jesus, not the peace that comes from your circumstance. That's one thing that we've been speaking. But the peace is the fruit of God's leadership. And the way that God leads is he leads like a shepherd. Specifically here, he shall stand and shepherd his flock. You and I are the flock, the, the, those in covenant with God through faith in Jesus Christ. But he is the shepherd. And he shepherds his people. This is how he leads. I love this one. This is Isaiah chapter 40, um, verses 10 and 11. Listen to this. It says, Behold, the Lord God comes with might. 
and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. So he's making everything right, guys. And then it says this in verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. This is how God leads. He leads like a shepherd. He will gather lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. That he's holding them close and gently lead those that are with young. God leads like a shepherd. Um, Though he is the king of all creation, he leads like a shepherd. He cares for us, he holds us close, he carries us. He's a really great father. And so here David is saying, the Lord, Yahweh, the greatest among the great, the Lord of all lords, the king of all kings, the way that he rules me is he shepherds me. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to mention this at the end, but the word my there we can't skip over. Um, Just because God leads like a shepherd, it doesn't mean that he actually is everybody's shepherd. And so many of us, this is an invitation to say, God, I want to be a part of your flock. I want to be a part of your family. And the way that it happens is through faith. It's covenant. It's God wants to make a covenant with you, and he wants to bring you to his table, and he wants you to belong, and he wants you to know him as your shepherd. And this just happens through faith. It doesn't happen through works. It doesn't happen through effort. It doesn't happen through you trying. It happens through faith, and God wants you at his table. Okay, so the Lord is my shepherd. David, King David, knew the shepherding heart of his father. He knew the shepherding heart of the all-powerful God of all creation. What happens as a result is is this. Actually, I missed something in my notes, that David saying the Lord is my shepherd um, is really David's testimony of his experience It's his testimony of his encounter with God. So as David has experienced the Father, as David has encountered God in the fields or all throughout his life, you can read the scriptures, you can find that David was one who encountered God. He constantly found that God, his experience with God was shepherd. His encounter with God was shepherd. Now, um, when I was reading this, it's okay, if God shepherds like that, Yahweh is our shepherd, um, what does that look like? Most of us don't really know shepherds firsthand, and so we can't ask shepherds what exactly they do. But I know shepherds as those who care. Uh, Shepherds care for sheep. And in, in these pages, we are the sheep and God is the shepherd. That's been established. But here are some things that we can look for, a fruit of the, of the Father's ministry to us as he shepherds us. Uh, number one, um, shepherds provide for their sheep. Okay, so when we read this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We don't want because God shepherds us. That means he provides for us. We, God doesn't shepherd us in word only. He leads us to places of pasture. He leads us to places of rest. In fact, when it says I shall not want, that can literally be translated, the Lord is my shepherd, and because he is, I have no needs He has absolutely provided everything that I need. He cares for me by being my supply, by supplying everything I could need. Um, Now, not always once. Sometimes our once get us into trouble, right? My daughter Grace is 11. She's already saving for a car, and that's a responsible young woman right there. But at 11-year-old, shouldn't have the keys to the car driving it around uh, wildly. Though, Grace, I know that you would do great, okay? But but for the most part, the rule is just because you want something doesn't necessarily mean that you need something. And when God is our shepherd, we can trust that he's got our hearts in his hands, and he gives us what we need. um, And in 
the best timing for our lives, okay? So shepherds provide for us and they supply our needs and this is what God does for us. But also David's testimony, his experience with his father, his shepherd, is that uh, he is led by, by Yahweh. He is led by his shepherd. It says this uh, in verse, uh, verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Here's the heart of the father, The heart of the Father is not in stressing you out and keeping you busy. When you're following your your Father, Shepherd, He's leading you to green pastures and quiet waters or waters of rest. He's leading you to places where you can be refueled. He's leading you to places where, where you can stop and remember who God actually is and who He says that you are. Um, we're often afraid of where God's gonna lead us. We're often afraid or concerned that maybe God doesn't have what's best for me in his heart or in his mind. Maybe God's going to stress me out with the load that he's going to put on me. Well, if God puts a load on you, he's going to supply the grace to bear up under it. He gives us what, even in dark places, God's presence with us, he is supplying, he's leading us in being everything that we need. And then the, the Bible says something beautiful. It says that he restores my soul. When Jesus is shepherding you, your soul is being restored. Now, this word restored can be translated uh, uh, multiple words, actually, and they would all be accurate. They could be uh, translated restore, which would be to um, returning your soul to what it was originally meant to be, okay, restoring. Uh, But it could also be uh, translated refresh, that your shepherd refreshes your soul. So the, the the, the, inner, the most inner place of your life, God can make like new. He can refresh you. Or here's my favorite one, revive. He can breathe life into your soul. Um, and so many of us need to be crying out, say, God, restore me, refresh me, but revive me. Let me breathe again. Let me, let me live for the first time. He can breathe life into your soul, and your soul is the most important part of you because your soul is the real you. And so I love that God starts with the soul here, and he restores, he refreshes, and he revives your soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake, so he's going to lead you down right paths, and then he's going to get the glory for all of it, and that is what we were made for, and that is when life is best. Uh, you were not made to be the center of the universe. You were made to make much of he who is the center of the universe, okay? And so when God leads you down the right paths, he's doing it uh, to, uh, because he's a good father and he wants to bless you, but he's also doing it for him because he deserves it, okay? Um, so he's leading you down right paths for his namesake, and the best thing that we can know is the kind of life that is going down right paths, restored, revived soul, making much of Jesus where he's getting all the glory. That's what we were made for. So there's a lot here in these verses, but let's, let's tackle verse four uh, before we wind things up. Verse four says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and, and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I wanna talk about the valley of the shadow of death. Um, when we first started out this quarantine season, I did like a little three-minute clip on, on this because this is the, the verse that God was fighting for my soul with. Um, and I learned that valley of the shadow of death can also refer to um, a, a valley of deep darkness. 
So this is not just talking about trials that are threatening your life. This is uh, talking about trials that are threatening your happiness, that are, th- uh, that are threatening your security. This is talking about dark seasons in your life. This is talking about um, that things in your life when, when it is so dark in your life that you cannot tell what is north and what is south, what is east and what is west. You have no clue what direction to go. It is so dark in your life. This can be, speak to your emotions. This can speak to your relationships. This it can speak to your pain. This can uh, speak to your, to your physicality. This can uh, speak to your health. It covers all of it, but what it does is it doesn't glorify the darkness. What it does, it says you can be unafraid of death and you can be unafraid of the dark when your shepherd is with you, when your shepherd is present in your life. In other words, let me say it this way, if the Lord is your shepherd, you do not need to be afraid of absolutely anything whatsoever. You can live fearless when you know that your shepherd, who is better than all good things, is yours and wants you and loves you and is with you. It's the presence of God is one of the key um, the key doctrines of our Christianity. Um, many times, the, if you read the Old Testament, when people would go out to war, they'd say, we'll go to war if you're with us. And if God was with us, they'd win. But when they go to war without God, they would lose. That's because everything is about the presence of God. And so, so here, what Jesus does when he dies for our sins, he's, he's un, unlocking the, his presence on the earth. And it's not just in pockets anymore. His presence is actually in his children, um, those he shepherds, there's the, the presence of God is actually in and around. We can live in the presence of God. And here, this is all part of the, the shepherding of God. I'm not fearing, and I'm not fearing. It's the presence of God that wipes away all of our fears. Um, I don't know if you've ever been with, uh, with, with somebody. Like, like, here's one thing. My dog is afraid of boxes. I don't know why. Uh, but you get a box around the dog, the dog runs, and he hides. And <laughs> it's just recently, we got like an Amazon order, a box at the door. My dog jumps on the couch and hides behind my wife, Adrian, and that was the safest place. Like, she is full of jujitsu. Is that a word? So she, she can handle herself. Uh, but you run to the person who can protect you best. Here we go. Our shepherd, even in the darkest valley, even the place where fear is present, the presence of God is greater than all fear, every obstacle. Every obstacle, every scenario that you could possibly be faced with, okay? Um, even though I walk through and we walk through, we don't just look at, sometimes we are walking through fear-filled situations. Though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, or the, though we go through a valley of deep, deep darkness, we don't fear. That's our rule. And here's our why, is because the presence of God is with us. Okay, now here's the key point, though. I'm saying all of that to get to this place, that the key point, and and here's the the heartbeat of Christianity is not that we use God to get what we actually want. So we're not using God to get safety. We're not using God to get provision. We're not using God to get, uh, you know, quiet waters. All of those are a ministry of that come from who he is. Um, This passage is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because he is who we want. He is who we desire. The key point is, is not what the shepherd provides. The key point is that we get access to the shepherd himself. And everything else is icing on the cake, but he is, the, he is everything. It, let me say it like this. It is not the gifts from the shepherd that are the goal, but the shepherd who gives them. He gives them to be rejoiced in. He gives them to be celebrated. He gives them to be the center of it all. And we get to be, find ourselves in the middle of his care and his shepherding and his greatness. 
Uh, so the heartbeat of following Jesus, guys, is not figuring, figuring out it's not like Jesus. So you should follow Jesus because he works best. He does. But the heartbeat of Jesus is he is the greatest treasure you could ever know. So the heartbeat of following Jesus is not using Jesus to get what you actually want. But the heartbeat of following Jesus is you find that Jesus, Yahweh, the one who there is nothing better than, he is the one that my heart has always wanted. And what I do now is I trust him to shepherd me. So I get him. My heart stops wanting for everything that it wasn't made for. And then I, all of my wants, I give to Jesus. And Jesus, I trust now with all of my stuff, all of my life, every valley, everything. This is Psalm 23. If you skip 50 forward, 50 chapters forward, you will also find the psalmist in Psalm 73 saying almost the exact same thing in heart. He, when he says, whom have I in heaven but you? In other words, there's nothing in heaven that is as good as you. And then he says this, and earth has nothing I desire beside, besides you. So I don't want green pastures, I want you. I don't want quiet waters, I want you. And if I have quiet waters without you, they're false and phony. They don't do what they do when you are the center of it all. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Guys, if we start tapping into that prayer, we'll, we'll discover that that is the, that is the cry that God put in our hearts. Ecclesiastes says that God put eternity in our hearts and this is what our hearts want. Our hearts want to be shepherded by the great shepherd forever. Amen. And uh, finally, some spit. You know, did you see that? Uh, finally, it's preaching spit. I, I've missed it so much. Um, hey, so guys, the great issue of our day is not viruses. That is a massive issue. And we're fasting and praying on Saturdays and, and, until COVID-19 is eradicated from the face of the earth. Uh, but it's not viruses that are not the greatest issue of our day. Finances, as a, as a result of viruses, not the greatest issue of our day. God cares and God wants to help. Governments, not the greatest issue of our day, um, though they're important, okay, but not the greatest issue. The greatest issue of our day is that we decide to be shepherded by something or someone other than our good shepherd, okay? Now, Jeremiah, I'm gonna flip back here. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 10 through 14. This calls to our hearts to never wanna run from our good shepherd, Okay, but listen to this. Jeremiah is crying this out. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. Verse 11, for the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from the hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord. God wants you to radiate goodness out of your life. Reflect, wants to reflect his goodness off of your life. Wants to be good to you so the world can see his goodness coming out of you over the grain, the wine, and the oil. That's provision. And over the young of the flock and the herd, their life shall be like a watered garden and they shall languish they shall languish no more. So this is the goodness of God, the shepherding of God. This is what comes out of his ministry to us. Look at verse 13. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. 
So this is another passage where, where the, the prophet is saying, God wants to shepherd you, and here's what it looks like when he does. Ladies, start dancing. Men, start getting happy. Um, uh, uh, mourning turns to gladness. It's rejoicing. It's satisfaction with the goodness of God. Why would we ever run from this? Why would we ever run from the good shepherd? But we do. And in a billion creative ways, we do. And so my heart uh, for us this morning, what I'm asking you to do, if you're wondering uh, where do I start if I'm tired of running from the shepherd who wants me to belong, but I keep leaving his table, I keep leaving his feast, where do I start? Well, and I would say you need to go back to uh, identity and position and where this started here in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. And I'm just wondering how many of us here today can say, uh, Yahweh is mine because I am his. Okay? This is, not, um, this is not a process where if you just obey the process, you'll get a result. This is family. And so God wants to make you his own. And when you belong, and so here's, here's when you belong, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, now the life of Jesus is accessible to you, and you can die to who you were, and you can be raised new to who God says you can be. And when that happens, he makes a blood covenant with you, and you can belong to him, and then you can say with the psalmist, the Lord is mine. The Lord is mine. He is my shepherd all of these things from him, these are all benefits that come from being in his house. And my soul gets to be satisfied, not just with his provision, but with the provider of all things. And this, this morning, you know the, the craziest thing you could do could be the simplest thing you've ever done. Your heart could be coming alive and could be being revived. It could be, uh, it could be dead and coming to life right now. And you could cry out to God to save you through faith and it could happen. You could find yourself at a table that you didn't deserve with a, a, uh, a shepherd that is the greatest father you could ever imagine that has paid for you to be there and you can belong. And so right now, guys, I want to encourage you, cry out to God, say, Father, forgive me. I want to belong to you. I put my faith in you and I'm going to trust you to be my shepherd, to forgive me my sins, to cleanse me, to provide for me. This is a massively amazing um, life when, we've been, when we're being shepherded. Not easy, amazing. Not, uh, it's not, if you're looking for an easy life, don't follow Jesus. I'm reading Fox's book of Christian Martyrs, and I know a lot of our brothers and sisters, they, their easy life looked like this, holding onto the word of God and then being burned at the stake. This is not easy, okay, but it is best. And so right now, Father, I pray a rich blessing, a rich blessing from your hand onto people. Increase our faith so we trust you with all of our lives. And we don't ask for an easy life. We ask for a radical life. We don't ask that we would just have our needs met. We ask that we would know you, the provider of all of them. And we don't ask, God, that you would turn uh, the temperature down. We pray that you would turn our temperature up so we would burn for your presence and that we would fearlessly follow you into every season. So we bless you, and I just release your richest blessing on every person that's hearing the sound of my voice, that they would know the glory of being shepherded by King Jesus. And we bless you now, Father, and I ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, so good to be with you today. Hug somebody, squeeze somebody. Can't wait till we can all be together. It's gonna be soon, and uh, you be blessed until then, all right? Blessings to you as you go. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.